hello and welcome again to another episode of our program Develop. We count it an honor and a privilege to have your company as we continue to discuss together this series we titled Holiness Movement. And the premise of this series is very simple. We present to you a brand of Christianity that is clearly articulated from the book of Genesis to Revelation, where God wanted us to receive His nature and express His character. From the, um, the narrative of creation in Genesis all the way throughout all history, uh, God wanted His people to live out a brand new way of, of a lifestyle that is not self-orientated, but God-orientated. And Jesus came and died and rose again, giving us His Spirit so we could live, uh, live a holy life by the power of the Holy One. And uh, we, uh, we're today going to look at another factor that the Lord uses in order to enable us to live this life of holiness, this Christ-like life. And today we want to focus on the support of a loving community, a support of a community. And if I had a chance to meet with you face to face and we have a coffee together and I would share with you, uh, I would ask you a question. I would say, could you please tell me a time where you felt that you were able to grow in a particular skill or in a particular character trait or in a particular gift that you've had? And I would ask you to share with me some of the factors that enabled that growth. Inevitably, there will be someone other than you who have supported your development. Of course, you had to play your part. But maybe there was a parent that believed in your potential before you could even see it in the mirror. Maybe it was a teacher that went out of their way in order to show you some of the skills that you've had and you could develop further. Maybe it was a group of believers or like-minded Christians that revealed to you what it's like to be you the you that Jesus created you to be. It might have been a group of friends that around a tough time when you were about to give up on something that God placed on your heart and they prayed for you, encouraged you, and maybe even challenged you to persevere and to see it come to fruition. We are relational beings because we created in the image of a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If we created in His image, we find our full potential expressed in an environment of love, support, and challenge, a relational environment. So today, I want to be a little bit more practical with you about how you can engage in a supportive environment and you probably already 
are engaged in supportive environment, just bring some of, tease out some of the characteristics and the roles of the various environments that you need to invest in and be able to uh, experience uh, those particular uh, supportive factors that enable your life of holiness, your Jesus likeness. You know, uh, Paul, when he spoke to Timothy, his disciple Timothy, and encouraged him to live a life of holiness that reflects his genuine uh, Jesus-like nature, even though he was discipled by Paul himself, and even though Timothy, Timothy was involved in, a, 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 in an official capacity as a, as, a, as a shepherd, as a church leader, look at what he says to him about the value and the importance of Christ-like people, like-minded group of people around us. So this is what Paul says in 2 Timothy 2.22. He says to Timothy, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. I love the uh, amplified paraphrase or translation of that verse where it says shun youthful lusts and flee from them and aim at the pursue uh, and, uh, and aim at and pursue righteousness all that is virtuous and good right living conformity to the will of God in thought word and deed have you noticed the translation here articulates that this righteousness this life that is uh, positionally right with God gets expressed in our practical uh, living of this righteous life which is a virtuous type of life and that is aligned to God's heart and God's will in every arena in thought in word and deed I love that and he uh, and uh, translation keeps saying and aim at and pursue faith love and peace harmony uh, and concord with other others in fellowship with all Christians who call upon the Lord out of a pure heart notice that along with those or in the amplified translation in fellowship with that this is a supportive factor that enables us to pursue righteousness faith love and peace we can't do that on our own if anybody could paul would say well you've heard from me enough you're involved in ministry now come on bro you can do it on your own by the power of the spirit it's true but here is a very supportive environment that enabled the expression of, of that Jesus-like living. And I want to mention uh, three uh, various environments that you're probably very familiar with, but I encourage you to engage with each of them in a way the scripture uh, highlights their role. First is the church, the assembly, the gathered people who love Jesus and, uh, and it might be a public space. It's maybe a lot of people at once. So you don't have personal connections there as such. You're involved, you participate, but then you need to also be part of a community that I mean, that one is more of a private, um, you know, uh, intimate type of space with a smaller number of people that you know each other and are known by one another in a transparent environment. 
And finally, the environment of the closet cannot be uh, underestimated because some people focus so much on the relational aspect, the factors of growth when we're together, but underestimate that what we do together often built on what we do when nobody's looking. And these are what I'm going to uh, uh, bring to your attention uh, as the life of the early church expresses to us in the narrative in the book of Acts about the lifestyle of the early followers of Jesus. Look at what they were doing. It says that they were devoted, they devoted themselves to the apostle teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Uh, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. You see, a portrait of the early church, the closest group of people that lived out the expectations that Jesus had for ecclesia, for the gathered one. They were devoted to the teaching in order to grow in observing and obeying all that Jesus had commanded, but they were also devoted to being together in a developmental environment, not just being together so we can sip on coffee or tea and, and have biscuits, uh, but so that we can egg one another and stir one another for love and good deeds. They met together even daily. They had such high esteem and high value on being together and growing together. So the first one is the church environment. We read in Psalm 122, it says, let us go to the house of the Lord. Uh, you know, the, the, the Psalm writer says, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. There was a sense of joy connecting with other believers, even in a public setting where you don't have necessarily the same intimate interaction. It says in the following directives, Paul is talking to the Corinthians. I have no praise for you, for your meanings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. And to some extent, I believe it. No doubt there, ha there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. And I want you to know that just because you rejoice to go to church, a church by itself, just being in a church, just being in a public uh, setting uh, under the banner of, of, of a church um, uh, service or whatever, a church event, whatever it might be, that by itself is not automatically helpful. Have you noticed Paul says, you go to church, Corinthians, you interact with one another, but you do more harm than good. It's not automatically helpful to be in a church environment. There are some characteristics that need to be evident in a church environment that can help you grow to live your full potential in Christ, to allow the holiness of Christ to be expressed in your life and to live in such a way that reflects the image that you were created to bear. 
So what are some of these roles or functions in 1 Corinthians 14 as a continuation of, uh, of Paul communication with the Corinthians? He says, but the one who pro- prophesies speaks to the people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies himself themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues. Why, Paul? Unless someone interprets because or so that the church may be edified. The first role of the gathering, they may, in, in those cases, they may not have been as big a church context as we have these days, but it's important to get to the guts of what Paul envisaged in people gathering together under the banner of Christ. They are meant to edify one another. The word prophesy here is not necessarily foretelling, but forthtelling. It's, it's about edifying in a way that strengthens the people, encourages the people, and comforts the people in the faith. It's about building. Edifies simply means to build up something. So to build up the believers, to bring about uh, their development. How do you do that? Uh, through the uh, articulate Uh, expression of God's words, uh, through the preaching of God's word, through uh, teaching of the whole counsel of the word that brings strength so that the people find the energy to walk with God wholeheartedly, to feel encouraged and not encouraged because of pop psychology, not encouraged because you pat them all the way, but encouraged to actually uh, means built up. Uh, encourage in, in a way that they grow, find the courage to live out their calling and obviously to find the comfort which is like the strength to come alongside and live the life that Jesus called us to live. Again in v- verse 26 it says, um, uh, When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation and look at that. Everything must be done so that church may be built up. So there is exercises of our gifts, whether it's a song that we sing unto God for praise and honor Him, whether it's instruction of teaching, whether God gives a word of knowledge or a revelation, whether it's a prayer with, which, which gets interpreted, uh, whatever it might be, the church are meant to build one another up. And in Ephesians chapter 4, to build one another up so that we can grow in unity and maturity. Unity and maturity. But then if that's the only environment that you're connected with, you are not going to find the transparency that is required, uh, the interaction that is required to enable that individual um, addressing of areas of weaknesses that require a challenge or areas of discouragement that, that requires comfort, whatever it might be, we need a group of people that would meet our Uh, felt needs in Christ. I don't mean just whatever we wishes, but we need to be in an environment where we are well known, where people know about us and we know about them and we know them and they can speak into our lives. Uh, Look at the writer of Hebrews in chapter 10. um, He's saying that when we meet together, 
obviously it's a drawing to God and drawing to one another. And he says there uh, in the middle of the screen you'll find, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Can you see in a public environment, particularly these days where our churches are big enough for people to come and sit in pews and actually not be known or, or have a transparent relationship with anyone, we can't really spur one another toward love and good deeds. It's, very, it's a very upfront up type of experience, but, but not touching the individual condition of what's going on. And some people give up uh, as a habit of being in that environment. And, and the writer of Hebrew would say, that's going to implicate your drawing near to God. It's not going to be helpful because we need to encourage one another by being in close proximity. So what is the role of a community? And this may shock you because some people, uh, uh, some Christians I know, they'll say, look, I'm a private person. I don't want to have transparent relationship with other people. I feel intimidated. I've had bad experiences. I've been betrayed. So when you're going to hear those couple of verses, you might, you might feel a little bit taken aback. But that's really the New Testament expectations and, uh, and what God knows would enable us to spur one another to love and good deeds and actually develop in our walk with Him towards our full potential in a Christ-like life. And look at James chapter 5. He gives us one of those uh, triggers that will enable us in a smaller group environment to grow and develop. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You might say to me in a small group environment of 6 to 12 people, guess what we do, Peter? We pray for one another. In fact, we, we record our supplication, our petitions, and, and we celebrate when God answers our request. That's great. But don't forget that the scripture uh, associates healing, prayer and healing with confession of sin. We don't want that part. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. If I say to them what's really happening on the inside, they might, you know, look at me differently. They might, uh, you know, think that I'm worse than, than, than what they had already anticipated to, to me to be like. So they might not offer me the same acceptance and care. It's like, you can't expect healing. You can't expect development. If you are not in a transparent environment where people know your ins and outs, I don't mean like it's a morning session where everybody comes in and just dumps all their mess. No, it's just being transparent enough that we're able to know the reality of what's going on in our lives. I tell you the truth. Even in recent times, the people that I see develop the most in smaller environments are the people that are willing to share with trusted others, even one, two or three people, what's going on on the inside. And sometimes these people can share things and you say, I would have never known that. 
but I, my dignity and honor of you has gone skyrocketed. Why? Because you are not being crippled by reputation management. You've shown the reality. And when you open yourself up like that, guess what? There is healing that comes. God activates His supernatural power and says, my goodness, you're that keen on sharing my holy character. My goodness, I'm going to come and surprise you with development like you've never thought possible because you're, you opened yourself up to development. You open yourself up to character development. And then look what else we need to do when we gather together. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Notice here that people gather together around the Word of God as the centerpiece. You know how many times, uh, I can tell you a story in a church where I led for several years. I had one of the um, uh, meetings with, uh, with what we call the small group leaders. One of the, of the leaders uh, you know, put his hand up and he said, look, uh, in our group, we are all mature Christians. So we don't read the Word. We just basically interact with one another and care for one another and hear each other's experiences because we're mature. That's an oxymoron concept. It's because you mature, you want the Word of God to, be, to dwell richly among you, in you and among you. If you tell me you're mature and not interested in the teaching and admonishing and, and, and being immersed in the Word of God, what maturity is that? Maybe mature in age, but that doesn't mean spiritual maturity. And we teach and admonish. I've seen people that are willing to teach. And, you know, I went to another small group environment where they were talking through uh, Exodus chapter 14. And they spent an hour and a half articulating their understanding and explaining every intricate detail about that, that, that chapter. I walked out of there with a headache and wondering what on earth am I going to do as a result of that the theoretical discussion. We love teaching. We love nitpicking. We love showing off our reading capabilities and, and all the commentaries that we, we, we got our heads around. But it's about admonishing that requires a life of practical application. It's about picking each other up in order to stimulate our development. So friends, the first uh, area or environment that enables our, our development that God uses in order to develop us in our walk with Him is the public space uh, that teaches the Word of God and enables our edification. The second environment is more like the private environment uh, where, 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 you know, uh, six to 12 people gather together or maybe even the intimate environment of four to six people who gather together and share transparently. I cannot tell you the power that, that, that God gives when you live your life in the light. We say this all the time around our team. We say that darkness is the playground of the enemy. 
wherever you want to hide the light, wherever you want to sub, uh, you know, um, uh, um, uh, make secrets what's going on in your own life, you close the light on others so they don't see. You don't interact with others in transparency. You know, you're sitting next to each other, but you don't touch one another. Hey, 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 I'm private, man. You can't really touch that. And, and God is saying, I want you to grow and develop through the transparency, the encouragement, the support, the challenge of telling each other the truth and, and, and willing to have a conversation, maybe even a hard conversation, maybe even a correcting conversation. And here is, here is my point. Risk the harmony of that relationship for the sake of the development of your brothers or your sisters uh, uh, spiritual development. We so worry about what they will think of us. We so worry, so we don't share, and we so worry that we don't exhort and admonish one another. Both are critical. But then what we need to do is the closet environment. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 6. You can't just be in a relational environment and expect that you will grow uh, in holiness, uh, holistically. Jesus says that, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. Uh, in, in, in the translation that I grew up memorizing, the New King James Version says, we'll reward you openly. You see, Jesus wanted his people to be together. That's why he invited the 12 to be in a, in a, in a, in a uh, private environment, in a close friendship environment. He invited three people to be around him, uh, uh, um, J uh, John, James, and Peter. And he also uh, invited the crowds to mingle with his teaching. But then he does not ignore our private relationship with Jesus. I have been so disappointed by the number of uh, Christian environments that promote the gathering as the big thing, but they undermine the person walk with Jesus on a daily basis. And we, and we find things to justify our self-centered agenda because we want people to attend our gathering. We want them to enjoy our product. We don't want to set them straight in walking with Jesus face to face and feeding on the word of God for themselves. We want them to de be dependent on us. The reality is Jesus wants us to spend time in his word, time in worship, time in silence, time in self-reflection, time in repentance, time of seeking his rulership over our lives, our family, time where we intercede on, on, on behalf of other people that he's placed in our world. He wants us to spend time Closing the door, that means alone. That is in a time of, 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 of uh, um, you know, diminishing all the different alternatives and the noises out there where we focus fully on Him. And I love this where it says, we'll reward you. What, what will you do, Lord? You're not saying that if you ask, I'm going uh, I'm gonna to give you the answer. He say, I will reward you. What way would you reward? Well, as you rub shoulders with the Holy One, He will reward you by that character being displayed in you in the open.
That, you know, when we around people for a time, we begin to speak their language, we begin to, uh, to, to, to use their terminology, we begin to even have some of their mannerism. And God is saying, as you spend time closely with you, with me, I will rub on you and you will become more and more like Jesus. We will exercise what it's like to live in godliness, like train yourself to be godly, the scripture says. That's what we do by our, nobody else can train for us. Nobody can exercise for us. Nobody can diet for us. And God wants us to be balanced in the way that we, we grow through the church environment, the public setting, uh, through the connection, private or intimate environment with a few people that we can entrust as well in our time between us and Him. Believers can pursue and experience a life of holiness as they engage in environments of support and development. As we connect with God in the environments of church, community, and personal closet, we grow daily to be more like Him. And that's His heart for us. He wants to enable us by the power of His Spirit that we, His children, resemble His character. And that's when you're going to find your greatest fulfillment as a person that lives like Jesus in the world. And that's our prayer for you, our friends. Thank you so much for watching. We look forward to being with you in our next episode. And until then, be utterly blessed in Jesus.